0: You're listening to PetLiferadio.com.
1: It's OBA with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Uh- Arden Moore.
2: Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is here to inspire us, and she's going to demonstrate firsthand about that powerful connection we have with our dogs. She is the author of a must read book called Eric's Hope The Leash That Led Me to Freedom. I want every one of you to please give pause and applause to my new friend. Andrea Chocote. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Good morning, Arden, and thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're glad you're here, too. You know, listeners, many of us are fortunate to have in our lives what we call a heart dog. This is the dog who truly fills our heart with love and joy, and no matter what, when they pass on, we still feel them inside us, in our heart. In the new book, Eric's Hope, Andrea conveys that and much more. So, everybody, grab a box of tissues. I want you to call your dog over, and I want you to get ready to hear a wonderful leap of tail-wagging spiritual faith right after we take this commercial break. So, everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave we will be right back.
0: Molly, here's your dinner.
1: There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Obehave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
2: Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest is author, business executive coach, Andrea Chilcote. And together with Sarah Burden, she has written a very inspiring book called Eric's Hope The Leash That Led Me to Freedom. The good news is portions of the proceeds are going to be donated to various animal rescue groups, and this book was being published by Crimson Oak Publishing Company. Okay, I covered all the bases, didn't I, Andrea?
0: Yes, I think we got okay. that
2: out of the way. Woo, woo. And I have to disclose, uh, you actually approached me, we've never met, and you said, hey, um, would you write my forward?" <laughs> Tell the listeners how that all transpired.
0: Well, there's Always connections between people that we don't even know about, and our publisher um, was connected to your business partner Dana, mm-hmm. and asked if she knew someone who would be appropriate to write the forward. And as it turns out, you couldn't be more perfect for that. So I'm, I and I learned from that that we share a path in some unique way in terms of our our growth and, and awakening that was facilitated by our our dogs.
2: You've got that. We. Got to meet. I really enjoyed this. Um, We met each other in uh, downtown San Diego in the Gaslamp District at a place, a very pet-welcoming hotel called Hotel Indigo. It's one of my favorite places, and it's where I actually hosted the first national dog party day last year. And I thought it was pretty fitting that you and I arrived with no dogs for a cup of tea to talk a little bit about your book and about crafting the um, forward. But, I don't know, even without the dogs, I still felt like we had some canine chums around us, didn't you?
0: Yes, we certainly did, and and as you know, I believe they're always with us in spirit, those who have passed on, and, and sometimes even the ones who are around, there's some kind of special connection that we have even when they're not by our sides.
2: Yeah, I was laughing because I have a big dog, Chipper, who's a Golden Retriever Husky mix, and in many ways, she's rescued me emotionally and spiritually, and I've tried to her, she was a three-time shelter reject. She has her own cool comfy bed, Andrea, in my bedroom. She has a bed in my office. She has a bed downstairs next to the fireplace and she never jumps up on my bed, my big bed, you know, because she's a Husky Siberian golden retriever. Can we say vacuum cleaner? I love this dog. This dog is nine years old. Right before I went on the air with you, I'm looking around for her because I always have her come into the office before I do a radio show so she doesn't, you know, bark at the delivery person or the dog walking down the street. It's always nice background, background. And you know where she yeah. was, Andrea? She was on my bed with her head on my pillow, sleeping on her side. And then I came in the room and she did that little soft tap, tap, tap of the tail. Like, what do you think? I'm like, I just smothered her in kisses. So I think she's kind of tuned into the show too, I believe.
0: Great. My newest little friend, my little husky's here doing the same thing with me.
2: Is that Kairos?
0: Kairos, yes.
2: Kairos, Kairos. you got such cool names. Tell us, and we'll get into the book in a minute, but tell us about Kairos, because from one husky lover to another.
0: Oh, Kairos is a special story in and of itself. I lost my husky amigo, who is Eric's Hope, in April. He passed away after a long life, but a, a sudden illness. And a very short time later, when I was not looking for a puppy to come into my life, I learned about Kairos and at the same time a friend told me about the two Greek words for time, Kronos and Kairos. And Kronos means ordinary clock time and Kairos is a special time or a supreme moment or a time when, when time stands still and magical things happen. And the coincidence of Kairos, uh, led me to his name and he, there are some special stories surrounding him that no doubt will be told in in written words someday.
2: You already teased us at the end of Eric's Hope. There is a little thing at the very end of it where you're giving a preview of book two. So for someone who is uh, just a rookie author, you're already in the game, man. You're ready for book two. It's already coming out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm very glad to hear it. So let's get our listeners up to speed. I want to first get a little background about you and Sarah. I mean, you know, you are a business person. You, you are an executive coach. You, you've done a lot of leadership development. And you've never really worn your heart on your sleeve, have you, in the business setting? It's been pretty business, right? You had your business game face on.
0: Business game face was all there was uh, until I met Eric. And Eric taught me over the years to soften that a bit, but not until his death did I really learn that lesson. And even when I started my business, which I've had for over 20 years now, when I started my business, which is all about connecting with people and coaching people and helping them, I kept myself out of it. I'd help other people, but I kept myself out of it. Nobody really knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And when Sarah, I met Sarah in a business context and we became close, close friends. And at the time we started to collaborate on this book, I was opening up quite a bit more. I'm not sure that friendship would be as it is if I hadn't transformed as I did.
2: Well, we're both a couple of Libras, and you had a magical birthday earlier this year in October. Yes. Don't worry, folks. She's not eighty. She's not going to be ninety like, um, you know, Betty White, who's forever young. But um, I
0: turned fifty this year.
2: Woohoo! Good girl, good yes. girl. So this is—I mean, we were talking a little bit about our parallelisms, and for many years, as a newspaper reporter and editor, I just reported about what was happening on others—other good fortunes, misfortunes. And it sounds like you were doing the same, and it took a dog like Eric to kind of get you to really embrace all of life, the good, the sad, what would you say?
0: Yeah, what I did is I went through life not feeling it. I went through life somehow experiencing it without really dipping into the emotional side of it, my own emotions, my own feelings, and strangely, caring about others and being able to connect with others, but not, not my own, and... I say that the biggest lesson among so many he gave me was at the time of his death, he taught me how to grieve. His death allowed me to feel the pain that we all experience when we lose anything in our lives. People, animals, or jobs, or just phases that we go through in our lives. There are a lot of ways to experience grief. But I had, I had been through a lot of things that, that required grieving and that would have been opportunities for grieving in my life and somehow managed to just uh, skip that part of it. And we can do that. We can stuff it away. And it all came out when Eric passed away. And I chose at that time very wisely through a lot of good mentorship um, to experience it and was rewarded with the richness of what life really is.
2: Well, I agree. And it is hard sometimes to show a little bit of vulnerability. If you were a dog, you finally showed your belly. That's right. And I'm not going to tickle your belly, I promise, on the air. <laughs> so here you are, this very successful business person, and you go to this shelter, and you see this dingy-looking dog that is like a Samoya, mixed or all Samoya, right?
0: Either that or Arctic Wolf. I, I called him the wolf dog in the beginning, and I think he might have been part wolf as, as I look back. And there was something that said, this is the dog I want to bring home. Why? You know, it's that magic moment of connection. He spoke to me, I spoke to him, and we were past friends forever, sealed forever. I had to get out of there. I'll never forget walking through the hall and squinting my eyes so that I couldn't see the other dogs. I could hear them, but I couldn't see them. Went right for Eric, got him out of there, and we were joined from that moment on. So what compelled me? I am not sure. I I think that on some level, I was following my instinct, following the intuition that I didn't even know I had, and that was about to bloom in a big way.
2: Yeah, and then you bring this dog home, and the day you bring him home, uh, he pops out of your
0: car. Oh yeah, <laughs> He was a runaway. <laughs> How's uh, your heart? Lost <laughs> in the first night, and uh-huh. he he was a bad boy. He was a bad boy <laughs> all of his life. I didn't Mm -hmm. notice it. You know, a mother doesn't, I suppose. Um, But he gave (laughs) us trials throughout. And I didn't know anything about raising a dog and providing leadership to him. So we we both struggled through it together.
2: Now, I don't want to spill the beans on the book because I want everyone to read it. I got to tell you, folks, it's you will say, oh, I'm going to just read, you know, a third of the book tonight. No, no, no. Just be prepared. You're going to end up taking that book and reading it from beginning to end like I did because she grabs you. She hooks you in. So I don't want to give away everything, but there is a very powerful character in the book throughout. And, um, you know, we've got characters. I want to talk a little bit about the princess. We're not talking princess. No, no. This dog's got the the before the name. And then there's a (laughs) very powerful character named White Wolf. Let's talk a little bit about the princess. What a great name.
0: Well, the princess was my husband's dog, and and she did influence my decision to look for Eric, not to pick Eric, but to look for Eric, because I did notice the special relationship she had, and she was also a rescue dog that I gave him. I found her, I rescued her, and gave her to Arthur. And her name was Alice when she came to us, and he took one look at her, and he said, we won't be calling the dog Alice. We'll be calling her the princess because that's who she is. <laughs> and she most certainly was a princess. <laughs> and describe what kind of dog she is. She was a Samoyed, and she was very protective of Arthur. She, she loved Arthur best. She loved me, but she, Arthur was her, her human. She was somewhat, you know, the wolf dog came from the pound and was covered in dreadlocks when he came in. And the okay. princess was fairly. That, uh, she was fastidious. She was, she, you know, she, not the kind of dog to step in a mud puddle, if you, if you will. She was a little put off by this mangy mutt that we <laughs> brought in. Over the years, though, they did become friends. they, they yeah. did become great pals.
2: <laughs> well, don't you think opposites attract sometimes? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, think of friends you have that are totally different than you that you connect with. I mean, I've got a great friend named Jocelyn who lives down the street, and we found out that we can really travel well together. But I'm the one, if we ever go on a cruise ship that's up and doing the workout in the morning, because my goal is to weigh the exact same amount as I boarded the, the cruise ship as I leave it. And she's having a spot of tea in the morning and munching oh on her toast. And we, you know, on paper don't seem to have a lot in common, but... She's just somebody nice that you can travel with. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I have a friend like her. So I think opposites do attract in friendships, in relationships, in adopting pets. I had no clue I would pick a Golden Retriever Husky mix as a dog. And like you, it was that magic moment when I saw Chipper's bio on the rescue site. And I spent two hours meeting her and... I brought home a 60-pound dog after having a corgi. So I had to learn what it was like to have a dog that was 60 pounds and a tail. And all of a sudden, everything that was on my coffee table was briskly (laughs) gone. You didn't have to worry
0: about that with a corgi, you know. But none of it matters when you fall in love, does it? No, not at
2: at all. I just got a better vacuum cleaner. You know, you learn to compromise, right?
0: That's right. So
2: we've got the princess. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to talk to Andrea Chilcote. She is the author of Eric's Hope, The Leash That Led Me to Freedom. She wrote that with Sarah Burden. We've got to take a commercial break, and we're going to learn about who the heck White Wolf is in this amazing book right after this commercial break. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a walk Ow. on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash. Right after these messages. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand, only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dean Coombs, and you're listening to O Behave with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden.
2: Welcome back to the O Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm delighted that we have Andrea Chilcote on the air. She is the author, with Sarah Burden, of Eric's Hope, The Leash That Led Me to Freedom. And it is a book that she just bears her soul. There's many of us that put on our, as we call it, our business game face, our poker faces, whatever it is. We don't want everybody to really know our true emotions sometimes because, uh uh-oh, that's going to make us vulnerable. Well, through this process, this love that she had with this dog named Eric and others, I think uh, Andrea is going to let us know firsthand that it's okay, guys. It's okay to be what we really are, which is human. Right, Andrea?
0: That's right. So you wanted to know about White Wolf. Yes. I'll tell you the story of White Wolf. Okay. After Eric passed away and I was in this raw grief and couldn't connect with him, couldn't connect with his spirit, couldn't connect with his love, I got to a place where eventually I did was I, I was able to reconnect, and certainly when Amigo came into my life, I felt there there was a, a whole full circle that had come about. And it's, it, you know you'll you'll have to read the book for some more. That's time right, that's minute. right. But white wolf, I always imagined a large presence, a large white wolf presence, bigger than any of the dogs. When I would pray, when I would meditate, when I would think about the spirit of these wonderful animals, I would always imagine this huge wolf. And so as we were writing the book, I built White Wolf in as a character who became Eric's spirit guide or his guardian angel. White Wolf was an advisor throughout Eric's life to him in coaching me. As Eric taught me lessons, he got advice from White Wolf. The interesting thing that happened was that as I wrote about White Wolf, I would step back. I would write dialogue that White, White Wolf would say to Eric and then eventually to Andrea in the book. And I'd step back and I'd say, this White Wolf character, he's pretty smart. <laughs> Where did he come up with this stuff? Right. And the truth is that White Wolf is just a part of me, my higher self, if you will. And he is pretty smart, and all of us have that in us. All of us have that wisdom in us. So White Wolf has many things. He's a character in the book. He's a spirit guide of, of Eric's. But he's also part of, of us that's part of all that is, that is the true self. And it's one of the gifts that I've received from writing the book is the wisdom of White Wolf.
2: Yeah, I think you aptly described things, and folks, if you're, it doesn't matter what your religious faith is, this is actually a book about spiritual faith, and you described it as a love that never dies and a spirit that never yes. dies. Yes. And so I'm not trying to make you reach for the tissues, but you have told me that when you were telling people that you were writing this book, you got a surprising but wonderful response from a lot of people that were also business colleagues, you know, there's a lot of people out there that love pets that are in the animal rescue field and all that. But didn't you get a pretty wonderful response when you would discuss these people in three-piece suits?
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing about this. There's so many, it's it's so many things on so many levels. So certainly it appeals to people who have had that special heart dog or heart pet, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a dog, right. and have lost it and have gone through that whole process. So certainly there's that. But there's more to the book. And, and some of that is based on my background as a, as a coach and consultant, as a leadership development consultant. I study human behavior and what people are going through in their lives and, and help them become more resourceful, become more purposeful, understand what their lives are about. And I weave that into the book. And as a result, it's had much bigger, wider appeal than I would have ever guessed, and one story that I'll, I'll tell about that, it is in part a story about grief and redemption, right. passing through the grief and getting to, to the other side, and as I w- was writing the book, a friend um, contacted me, and a colleague of ours had gone through a, a tragedy. And um, she said, you must send her this book. You must send her this book, you know, in manuscript form, draft form. You must send her your story. And I said, you know, that's not appropriate. This is a, a book about losing my dog. She's, she's lost her husband. I can't do that. And she said, you must send it. So I sent it, and I said, Ellen made me do this. That's how, that's how reticent I was. And what I got back from her was that this book, this story was pivotal in her reconciling and understanding the process she was going through and even pivotal in her belief like I have that while there's great grief and sadness when someone passes, there is something on the other side. Spirit lives on. And the story was pivotal for her. So it it transcends the the relationship with our animals, even though it's all about our relationship with our animals. And I think that's what they do for us. They make it simple to understand life's life's principles.
2: That's very very well put. And I do want people to go to ericshope.com It's E R I K S H O P E. And uh, you've got a spectacular website here. Looking at this, you know, you've got the blog. You talk about Eric and Amigo. You know. Your business skills are put quite well to use into crafting this, and the photos of your various animals that have touched your lives are wonderful. I love these these photos. Thank you. So, how can someone win an autographed copy of Eric's Hope? Because everybody's wanting to get this is a great book, a great way to to, to put your best paw forward for the new year. Uh, we'll have to come up with a code word, and obviously we can't say Eric. That'd be too easy. But um, that would be easy. Which one of the characters would you want someone to have to say as a code word to Arden at com, and we can get them a, a copy of this book.
0: How about the princess and then they'll know well, because they'll have put the B in front of the princess.
2: All right, that sounds good. Okay, so the first person who emails me, Arden at com with the special code word, the princess, not princess, the princess, Andrea is going to be kind enough to personalize a copy of her book eric's hope for you and any 4 legger in your life we are also going to be sharing the link to this radio show in the january issue of the ardenmore Nose pets e-newsletter so you know everybody you're going to be able to have a couple chances the first person who contacts me with the code words the princess is going to get this amazingly powerful book and you're you're giving part of the proceeds to different animal rescue groups i understand
0: that's right. Um, I have spent a lot of time in my life um, helping and, and understanding the plight of so many homeless animals, so many animals that are rejected, overbred, inappropriately bred, and I am so um, happy that Crimson Oak has been kind enough to donate a percentage to animal rescue so that we can continue to give back as people benefit from from reading the book.
2: Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Well, we're hoping you are going to make. You can make a difference, anyway, folks. You can give of your time to shelters. If you're allergic to dogs or cats, but you really love them, if you have a business skill, there's a lot of things you can do for the local shelter and rescue groups in your area. Um, so, giving makes you feel better, and I am delighted. Now, I don't know a lot about Sarah Burden, so um, you got to spill the beans on her because she sort of crafted the. I don't know how you would describe this book. It's really not a fiction and not a nonfiction. It's sort of a blend.
0: That's wouldn't you think? the hardest thing to describe. We say it's based on a true story. Everything happened, but yet we have these vignettes where the dogs are talking to one another, so I, we couldn't go out there and say this was true because we really don't know, even though we think that's what they were saying. we can't. Yeah. We can't say for sure. Sarah is is a dear, dear friend, and as I procrastinated on finalizing this book over the years, I started it when Eric passed away in 1998, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I need your help. And what Sarah brought to the party, among a lot of things, is that she uh, crafted some of the fun stories between the dogs and um, really gave it a sense of adventure that's one of the things that people say, you know, the the can't put it down um, comment that you made earlier. I find that a lot of people say that because it's it's an adventure story. At the same time, it's a a lesson, a primer in life's lessons as translated by some canines. So it's it's fun. It's fun to read. It's funny as well as you know. You said get the Kleenex out. It's it's um, has its sad moments, although they're redemptive in the end. Um, it's a fun book to read.
2: I agree, and, and you've learned to be quite the canine-conscious home decor expert. I think you now live in Arizona with
0: stone floors, no more carpet? Oh, that's right, yes. <laughs> we have a few carpets. We've, my my husband is uh, loves the uh, Zapotec rugs, uh, the Zapotec Indians in Mexico, and we find that we put them down any time anyone's getting ready to get sick because they need something to throw up on.
2: Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know, years ago, I had Berber carpet in my living room, and my Corgi Jazz strategically decided, when he was bored one day at home alone, to not just pull up the edges on the, on, along the perimeter and baseboard. Oh, no, no, no. He decided it, it was much better to start exactly in the middle of the room and just do a little sun circle And when I came home, it was all unraveled, and he was sitting so proudly by his accomplishment. Mm
1: -hmm. I now
2: have tile floor. (laughs) (laughs) So I think some of the lessons they teach us can be spiritual, but I think they also teach us not to just hang on so
0: tightly to uh, material goods. Don't you agree? Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like lighten up is the message. Yeah,
2: there you go. Lighten up, yeah. Or I'll, I'll redo your carpet in my own way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're speaking with Andrea Chilcote. She is the author, along with her friend Sarah Burden, of the book Eric's Hope, The Leash That Led Me to Freedom. They have an amazing website. It's ericshope.com. And Eric is with a K. We have other characters in the book. I don't want to spill the beans. But, you know, this is a story that goes through a couple of decades, I guess, almost, with different dogs that have influenced Andrea. And can you give us a little bit of a preview about what's coming up with book two?
0: Yes, Amigo followed Eric. Amigo was in fact Eric's hope and he was born, uh, two months after Eric passed. And while I share in the, the book a story about Amigo's early years and, and tease a little bit about the princess, princess and, and her, her, um, signal to Amigo at the end of the book, I don't really talk about any of the lessons learned from, from his life, and they're there in abundance. I'm planning definitely a, a, some, more, some more work and some more adventures.
2: Be okay. tuned on that. All right. And in January, February, are there any places that people can catch you in person on promoting the
0: book Eric's Hope? Check ericshope.com for locations. We're in the process of calendaring all of those now so mm-hmm. stay tuned and also like us on Facebook at Eric's Hope
2: okay well that sounds Eric's good I gotta to tell help. you I was um, honored to be asked to write your forward and you did inspire me when I was writing it I actually had the hair on my arm raised, which is always a good sign
0: that's wonderful to hear that's, you that's got it right nice. from the heart
2: alright everybody we're delighted that we've had Andrea Chilcote as our guest and I want to give a pause up to Eric the princess white wolf amigo I'm hoping I'm not missing anybody Kairos Kairos, yeah, Kairos. Kairos Kairos Woohoo mm. Howl, I'm howling for Kairos and for all of you listeners who have a special dog, cat, iguana, turtle, any pet in your life that has really touched your heart, a touchstone if you will to your heart. Don't take that for granted, you know, we may not be the wealthiest people on this planet, but if we give our pets the opportunity, they can truly enrich us. And I urge you all to get a copy of Eric's Hope it is a book that you will find yourself not able to put down until the very last page. So now you've got me impatient, waiting for the next book. No pressure,
0: Andrea. Well, it won't take 11 years, I'll tell you that.
2: Okay. All right. We heard it here first on the Behave show. Again, go to ericshope.com and the first person who emails me, Arden, at Four-Legged Life, with the code words, "The Princess," you're going to win an autographed copy of Eric's Hope from our guest, Andrea Chilcote. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It wasn't as bad as going like you know, to the dentist without anesthesia, was it?
0: Arden, it was delightful. <laughs> dentist is a whole different matter. That's another thing go. we share. We don't like that. Neither one of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, I hope someday we'll get to be back at Hotel Indigo and maybe Kairos. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Kairos? Did I do it right Kai. 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 Kairos. It's like,
0: it's like, the, it's like Egypt with, a, with an S.
2: Okay. Kairos has got to meet Chipper. Because they've right. got, you know, they got some, you know, got a lot in common. Yes, they do. They do. Um, we'll have to get Kairos on a surfboard too, maybe next time you're in town. We'll
0: try. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like water. You've got the retriever in there.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. She makes us splash with that. All right, everybody, go check out Eric's hope. And also at this time, I want to give a big shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is just quietly in. Powerfully making this show and all the shows on Pet Life Radio just pop. We have over 6 million listeners on our network. Wow. And that a lot is due to the work behind the scenes of, of Mark Winner. So I'm giving a big pause up to him. He's probably blushing right now behind the microphone, but he can't say anything because I'm talking. All right. Everybody, check out the Ardenmore Knows Pets newsletter. It's fun, free, and we do a lot of giveaways like this, an autographed copy of Eric's Hope, signed by Andrea. Maybe we can get, could Sarah sign it for us too? Andrea? Certainly, we'll make that,
0: we'll, we'll arrange for that.
2: Okay, all right, I just want to make sure we give a shout out to her as well. So, until next time, this is your flea-free post Ardenmore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. I'll behave!